Welcome to This is what we've been talking about Yeah What's up man, number two Let's go on, second one Let's yeah. do it It's been uh, a little over a week Because mm. we recorded the last one on a Saturday Today's Sunday Right How you been man? I've been doing good Good? Yeah, working a little bit, you know uh, Yeah, that's pretty much it Just working like a man Yeah <laughs> you, you had a you had a gig playing drums the other night. Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh, Friday night. Today's Sunday, so we uh, just got together and played some of our. Uh, what was it? The um, uh, we play original blues rock. So yeah, that's awesome. Right. That's yeah, awesome. dude. So I mean, listen, it was a good crowd. People sang along to songs that they didn't even know. That's cool. Because you guys do mostly originals, right? Right. Yeah. So you know, how are you going to sing along to a song you don't know? But they did. It was cool. <laughs> well, you get enough, you know, sauce in you and, you know, you'll sing to anything. Oh, yeah. You just tell the audience what to sing and they'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. anyways, uh, thinking about uh, last week, it was kind of mm. our, you know, first podcast, you know, right just an intro kind of who we are a little bit, um, which obviously more of that will come out uh, as we do more of these a um, little bit about who we are and a little bit about what this is about and um, what we hope to, to uh, turn this into. Um, certainly uh, that will probably change some over time based on what, what flows the best, what people want to hear, what, what conversations people want to have and that kind of thing. But, Listen, we're um, talking about stuff that every man wants to be talking about or already is talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, what are we going to talk about? The The bottom line is going to stay the same, right? So yeah. it's all about yep. um, how how men deal with stuff, yeah. uh, different topics. And, that, and, you know, what we talk about uh, will depend. But uh, the bottom line spin is uh, how does that affect men? Yeah. And there's all sorts of things affecting men out there. Um, so we'll have lots to talk about. This is good, man. Dude, there's so much going on. It's crazy. I don't even know where to begin. I know. But let's begin with the beers. Yeah. What do you, what do, you guys probably all heard the beautiful <laughs> noise of, mm. of a 16-ounce craft beer can being slowly opened and then poured into a glass. Carefully. Um, carefully and it's just a beautiful sight so just watching it just glug into the glass <laughs> trying to control the head a little bit you know yep it's like pouring a <laughs> loaf of bread into a glass <laughs> exactly so i'll go first man um all right go ahead yeah yeah so i'm drinking a uh an ipa mm. um it's a new england ipa um from a brewery called um root and branch and it's mm. uh, from Long Island. It's it's from one of the hamlets of Long Island. Um, for a while, they were they actually just opened their kind of boots on the ground um, facility. They had been building it for a long time, and while they were building it, they were doing kind of a few releases a week, um, and they mm. were releasing them through Evil Twins Brewery. So they had a relationship with Evil Twin uh, Brewery in, in New York City, and they were releasing them little by little through them while they were 
building their new facility and their new facility just opened up. So now they're like crushing the releases and, and have like full drafts and, and, and lots of can releases mm. each week. But root and branch, like I said, it's, it's long Island, New York. This particular beer is called, do we live in a society of spectacle? <laughs> I have no I idea what these. that means. I, lo- um, <laughs> I love these names, man. Sometimes I don't want to know what they mean. Uh, as long as the beer's good. Um, right. Cause a lot it, of these places are super liberal oh, anyway. Yeah. So you never know what kind of yeah. message they are sending. Yeah. But it's usually not a good been. one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So they, they do a number, number of releases with the same name, but, the, and then they like specify which hop, um, uh, they're using, this one's a Citra, um, and was, uh, released July, 2022. So within the last month, it's an eight percenter. It's a multi oat or wheat um, double IPA, um, all Citra brewed and Citra dry hop. So it's all Citra. If you go to Untapped, which I talked about a little bit last time, it's a website yep. um, where you can you know rate craft beers and just get a lot of information. It's overall it's a four four seven out of a five scale. Wow, um, not a ton of reviews on it because you know it's only been out a month. This particular one, but. Um, Root and Branch is really, really good brewery. They make good beers. I have, it's another brewery. I think I said last time about Monkish that I haven't had a bad one. I don't think I've had a bad hmm. Root and Branch. Now I haven't drank as much of theirs, um, but I haven't had a bad one. Um, You've let me try a couple of them over the yeah. over the years. Yep. Uh, so I mean, I, from what I remember, they were good. I mean, definitely in the four range for sure. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had anything below four from them, but. That's pretty much it. Mm. Took my first sip and uh, super smooth, crushable, yeah. man. So, what, what's um, the percentage on that one again? I think it's eight percent. Eight, yeah, yeah. So a good solid double IPA, eight percent. So I'm doing this one uh, from Kushwa again. I told you about this last last time. It's a brewer in Williamsport, Maryland, on the border of Maryland, West Virginia. Um, decent brewery. You know, low four, I think, overall. Um, but um, this one is called uh, Situational Awareness. <laughs> That's cool. And uh, it's an 8.1% double. Um, You're trying to one-up me with the 0.1%. Yeah, it's 8.1. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's always it's always a competition, man. Yeah. Always, you know, and never fails. I know. Anyway, this one has Galaxy, Montueca, and Citra hops. Ooh, um, three solid it, hops. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know that I tried it before. I'm going to take a sip now and see, see what's up. I feel like that name is familiar, but... You know, I I don't know as though it's familiar because of a beer. Mm. Man, that is juicy. Cool. Uh, it's got a lot of juice in it, man. Um, just a hint of a uh, hoppy bitter at the very end. I'd say mild to moderate, but just just at the end, man, that's good. Yeah, I mean, all right. You know, you want a little bit of hop, or else like you might yeah, as well just drink orange juice. Point. You know, um, <laughs> but. Sometimes, you know, just getting that right combination, that right, you know, that right amount of hop versus smooth versus, you know, uh, creaminess is, is good, you know, and, uh, I like it when it's a lot of hop, but it's not like, you know, not bitter hop. 
I don't mind the taste of it. Yeah, it's just the bitterness that gets me. It turns yeah. me off, man. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't even know how they do it, dude. Do you? I would love to know how to brew no idea. a beer. If anybody I mean, knows how to brew beer, let us know. Yeah, we, we've we've tried to look into it a little bit. And I mean, we're obviously pretty busy in our lives, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> – it's uh, it's not it's not like just any schmuck can like open up a brewery and know how to brew incredible beer. Like it, it it's right. actually a really scientific and artistic, you know, um, thing to undertake. You know, right? Wow, man! Good All stuff. right, well, Good I stuff, mean, man. listen, I, I think uh, I think we should probably talk about some stuff that. Um, yeah, uh, listen, James and I talk about this all the time. We're talking about uh, things that men struggle with, right? Yeah. Um, and we were we were talking the other day about how men struggle with self control. Yep. And how to handle a situation without, you know, going ghetto and just. Yeah. Being mad and throwing stuff, sure. Because you know that's your that's your go to instinct, right? right? That is your go to every time anything ever happens. You want to sw- you want to clear the deck, throw you down. Wanna, you want to swipe and and uh, you know move everything off of the desk and just yeah. throw it on the floor, whatever out the window. Punch well, you somebody. Know, I think if you dial that back a little bit and kind of look at okay, well, why is that the case for men? You know why? Why do we kind of want to, you know, get angry and have a, you know, attack a lot of times? And I think, you know, (laughs) society is kind of making it look like we're just, we're like as a, as a gender, as a, as a male species that we're like just bad people. Like we're Mm. bad because we're that way. But I think if you like dial it back and, and, and kind of scale it down and really look deep into why why that is i think it comes down to you know think about psychologically the differences between males and females and i think about males and we were we were designed and created to be protectors to be hunters to be warriors to be fighters you know and you know to to protect our land protect our family protect our our children and our and our in our own in our own families and in order to do that, that kind of has to be one of the ins- instincts that's deep within yeah. us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, so it, go- it goes, uh, you know, to the to the point where the fight or flight stuff. So, what are you right. going to do? You're gonna you're gonna fight somebody. Or you're gonna run away. I mean, that's right. just etched into our DNA. That's yep. just what we are. I, I, I guess women have it too, but I think traditionally how. Yeah men are made up differently. We have a more aggressive yeah. behavior and that is why, because we have to be the protector. Yeah. We're bigger people. Yeah. We are designed bigger, that ways. Physically. Exactly. Yeah. Physically. I mean, that's the reality physically. Let me throw this quote out there, man, from one of my All favorite right. guys. Cause yeah. I think this is, so we're kind of sitting here talking about how, listen, men are, we struggle with our self-control. We, you know, our purpose is to be protectors, fighters, warriors, right? So right. in society is basically saying like, you're bad. You're bad for being that. But yeah. here's the key. And it's in this quote. Okay. Go ahead. So Go ahead. I think you can be that warrior, that fighter, that like, 
that guy who's ready to go off and, and attack. But here, listen to this quote. It's by Jordan Peterson. If you guys don't know who he is, uh, first of all, I love the guy and he's rose to fame in the last, you know, five to 10 years, but especially the last couple of years. And um, he's a Canadian clinical psychologist, has his PhD. He's probably one of the most brilliant minds out there. Um, you know, Alan and I are, are pretty intelligent guys, but the reality is when I listen to this guy, sometimes I have to like <laughs> pause it and think about it because it mm. goes way over my head. He's just a brilliant man. But um, okay. he yep. recently joined uh, the Daily Wire, if you're familiar with that. That's kind of like Ben Shapiro's yep. – uh, um, another brilliant mind. Yeah. Another incredibly brilliant man. But anyways, so that's a little bit about Jordan Peterson. He's a Canadian guy, PhD psychologist, but his quote says, so again, thinking about men and anger and struggling with self-control, here's his quote. You should be a monster, an absolute monster. And then you should learn how to control it. So I think the silver lining is, you know, society's telling us to not be that monster. No, you have to be the monster. But it's telling us not to. Yeah, you know? I know. Yeah, you know? I know. But you know why? Okay, because they are afraid. They yeah. are uh, a combination of being afraid or being yeah. uh, not wanting to be dominated, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. uh, those that combination uh, in great numbers can cancel you. Sure. But it doesn't make it right. No. It, they're going against uh, uh, biology. Right. Um, they're going against DNA and sure. what's built into all of men. Exactly. And, and here's, the here's the thing. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. And here's the thing, Alan, is the reality is this, that, you know, are there men that are monsters that, that don't know how to control it? Yeah. Definitely. And, yeah. you know, th they're the ones that are being singled out and they're the ones kind of giving – masculinity a bad name but right. the reality is masculinity this monster is healthy it's needed we need that in society we need it in culture but there's a huge but we've got to have men that have it but that have it controlled and that's but not an easy thing no yeah and the way that you learn how to control it is you need to have men in your life yep. that know how to control it to help teach you and yeah. who are those men in your life your dad fathers your uncle yep grandparents uh, maybe grandparents a, maybe a coach of your sports team a maybe coach. a musical mentor maybe a, maybe yes. a, maybe a, a church youth leader maybe yes. um maybe a best friend maybe and, um and guess what's missing in society these days yeah take a guess all the things that we just said yep all fathers are missing yeah. And even when they're there, they're not, they haven't learned because their fathers were missing. Yep. So we're getting into another generation of missing yeah. uh, this uh, uh, learned ability to control yeah. the monster. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. Like, we're going to probably, as this podcast, you know, continues, we can do like series on like missing dads, missing fathers, you Gosh, know, yeah. like just series on, I mean like numerous podcasts, like weeks after weeks on that kind of thing. So I'm not going to go too far into that, but that's, that's, that's something that we're definitely going to cover and we, we need to. Um, but yeah, that is the, the key here. And, you know, um, 
not saying well, you can't learn that if you don't have somebody in your life to do it because sure uh, uh, it, it can be done. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, but you know, how much easier is it to learn how to cook if you have somebody showing you how of to course. cook? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so much easier. And, you know, I think sometimes, you know, you and I might take it for granted. I, you know, I shouldn't speak for you, Alan, but for me, you know, I had a good dad, you know, I he, yeah. he supported the family, you know, yeah, physically, financially, psychologically, you know, in every way. I mean, he wasn't perfect. None of us are. He made mistakes, lots of mistakes along the way. But, mm-hmm. you know, he showed us love and protection and taught us right from wrong and taught taught me some of those manly things, even just goofy little things like when you shake a man's hand, you shake it firmly and look them in the eye. I mean, where is that? That's gone. You know, but who teaches you how to... Uh, you know, our fathers did not sit us down and go, hey, you're going to be really, really pissed one day and you need to control it and take a step back. They don't show that to you right. in words. They show it oh. to you in their actions. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. So that's what we're talking about. Well, and and so then that becomes a call to you and I and all the other fathers out there are, how are we doing with, let's let's look at it again. How are we doing with learning how to control it? being a monster, but then also learning how to control it. And, you know, if, if we're not emulating that in the correct or proper way for our boys or even girls, any of our children, you know, what effect is that having? And, you know, there's times I I get that wrong, man. There's times I get it wrong. Me too. Me too. I mean, because the, 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 uh, the DNA gets the best of you sometimes, yep. man. I mean, it's just, it's a combination sometimes of, uh, stress and what's going through. Sure. Uh, you're tired, you're hungry, you're whatever. Sure. And, uh, you know, you give in to that sometimes yeah. it happens to us all. Yep. But yeah, for in sure. the overall scheme of things, your actions are going to be the thing that teaches. Yeah, absolutely, man. And it's such a huge calling. You know, think about your dad, James, Yeah, for a sec. Um, he, did he sit you down and tell you these things in words? Not really. I mean, there were lots of words he did give me over the years, but like it wasn't this specific conversation never came up. No. Right. Exactly. My dad, I never saw my dad. I saw my dad get mad. Okay. But I never saw my dad throw shit across the room right. or uh, stomp or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I never saw my dad do that. Never once ever. No, he, again, though, our fathers had the control of the, yeah. yeah, but they, they had the control of the monster, right? Like at least from our memories, you know, and uh, from what we were able to observe is they had the control of that monster. And, and I think we do too, but again, you know, we're, as men, we're not always going to get that right, but that's part of this podcast too, is just, you know, we're doing it so that we can all keep each other accountable and support each other and encourage each other. I mean, we need men encouraging men and supporting each other and saying, Hey man, I messed up. All right. I got you, brother. Let's do this. What's interesting about controlling the monster is when you do control the monster, (laughs) you're super calm. 
Yeah. You're in any situation. Yeah. You're amazingly calm. Yeah. And, and think about it, man. Like when you see another guy like that, even if it's something stupid, like a, a movie in Hollywood, you see a man who's just like calm and uh, right. amidst a storm. You're right. like, that guy's the man. Yeah. You know? He's not the man because he's smashing everything. He's man nope. because he controlled himself. He's in a, a boss. In a major situation. <laughs> He's a boss. He's you know, a boss. I look at that guy and I'm like, that guy's the godfather, man. You know, that's all I can think of when I see someone like that, you know, like, because, yeah. you know, because I think both of us think, you know, when we see that, even like I said, if it's in some stupid movie or something, we're right. thinking, I want to be like that. Yes. And I think we are, but I mean, I think, you know, maybe we could grow even more in those areas, you know. When I was growing up in the 80s, all right, I used to watch Miami Vice. Oh, My hero, great show, in the 80s yeah. was Sonny Crockett. Yeah. Because he was cool. All right, yep. number one. Yep. yep. He was cool. But he he had this confidence mm. and the confidence of controlling. He knew what to do in any situation. It didn't matter yeah. what was coming his way. Yep. He just knew what to do. Yep. Did he fly off the handle and go right. rogue sometimes? Yeah, of course. I mean, that was what was made the show, but but he controlled the situation. Figure out or think about what your or who your heroes are. Yeah. And think about the situations every time yeah. they're calm, they're collective, they're yeah. confident. They're and you know what's funny about that, uh, Alan, is you know, sometimes you know, we might portray that we're calm, cool, and collected uh, yeah. in the middle of chaos, right? But sometimes inside we're really not. But, you know, just just showing that though helps everybody else. Absolutely, and you know, and and I think sometimes even it even helps us to. Pre- I'm not saying we're pretending, but you know, if we're showing that we're calm, cool, and collected in chaos, you know, I think, you know, as that chaos continues, it almost tells us like, hey, we we can. Hey, maybe I am calm. <laughs> you know, it kind of dawns on yeah, us that too. <laughs> yeah, you know. I don't think about know. the baby that uh, I mean, you have kids. Think yeah. about when your kids were a little younger and they yep. fall down and they bump their head and yep. they they get up and they what do they do? They look at you, and if you're out of control, like right. oh my gosh, oh my gosh, yeah. they're gonna start crying and being hysterical. But if you're calm and you just look at them, you're like, yes. you're okay. Yep. They're going to be calm too. Yep. Great example. Great example of fatherhood and and how to react to you know a stressful situation. And and as men, we are called to control things. And, control and, and I mean control emotions, control, you know, helping our family see that that it's gonna be okay because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make this okay. You know, I think the major thing is how do you learn how to do that? If you don't have the role model to do it. Sure. Well, it could be anything. It could be listening to a podcast like this. It could be surrounding yourself with good men. I mean, that's the key is surround yourself with good man- men. If it's not in your family, it doesn't have to be. It can be like we talked about. It could be you, you might meet somebody at work that you're like, that's a good dude. I want to go fishing with him. I want to hang out. I want to play music with him. I want to go to a ball game with him. You know, I want to go shoot guns with him. I want to do something with this guy because I think if he rubs off on me, it's going to be really positive things in my life. Yeah, that's interesting uh, and a great, great point because you are 
definitely a product of what you are around, whether it be family or friends or what have you. Yeah. And um, it's, you definitely have to seek that out. And I think deep down, everybody knows, uh, you know, this person isn't good for me, but you know what? They settle and they go, well, I got nobody else. Yeah. And they don't want to be alone. So they hang out with these people and they, and, and it's a bad influence and it's just bad for them. And bad excuse. Think, That's a cop I think out. They just know it anyway. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I mean, so those behaviors are acceptable within that realm. Right. And I mean, if that was your, if that's your situation, then you're better off just not hanging out with anybody until you find that good influence, you know? And, and so that, that, that becomes, that comes on you at that point, right? Like it, it becomes your task. Your task is to, how can I find some good men? You may have to go looking, you know? And the thing is, is that it's really tough. You can't just go out and start asking people, Hey, <laughs> do you know where any good <laughs> men are? <laughs> Yeah, you can't people, do that. People might have some questions about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyways, you know, right. like we'll we'll wrap this kind of this this talk up a little bit, but we're going to talk about so much of this stuff, uh, you know, in the future. But you know, the one thing that we we talked a little bit about how society is trying to make this part of masculinity toxic. You know this this aggressiveness, this toughness, this warrior mentality is being portrayed by uh, culture as, uh, as toxic. I mean, there's no, there's no qualms about that. That is literally happening, happening before our eyes, but but it's not toxic and and it's needed and necessary. Yeah. And the issue is at hand, you got to control it. Exactly. So it is toxic if it's uncontrolled, right? right I mean, that's right, the reality. Right. Yeah. And so as men, okay, here's the thing. We can we can make fun of culture, which I am going to make fun of culture all the time because culture time. is a joke. But the reality is, you know, as men, let's talk about what we need to do. You know, we can make fun of culture and say, listen, culture needs to like change this this ideology that they have because it's messed up. And I agree. And I think that's a huge problem, but I also think this is a man's podcast and this is how men are. And what can we be doing to change that ideology or change, you know, our, the opinions of people and culture? Well, we can learn to control this, this, um, this monster inside of us. I mean, that's the reality. Yeah. I think that's, the main point we need to be yeah. able to take care of business. That's what men do. Yeah. Yep. Exactly, exactly, man. All right. So Good, man, yeah. What's up, dude? I was thinking the other day and, uh, you know, you, you tell me if I'm wrong. All right. Chris Cornell. I know, Chris man. Cornell. So we, we talked, talked about, about how we wanted to talk about music a little bit. And each time, and we just yeah. love music, right? Uh, we we talked about how you know Alan's musically talented, very talented, and uh, I appreciate music and love it. And um, so we wanted to just kind of bring it into our podcast a little bit. And uh, so Chris Cornell, man, unbelievable. We're starting with that. Is <laughs> it? We're starting with Chris Cornell. Like, I mean, come on, man. one of the best all time. We we should have started with like Duran Duran or something. <laughs> then we would have gotten no listeners. 
even though dude when hungry like a wolf comes on tell me you don't love that uh, that's pretty good I, i'll say that i mean you know even I, though, I up, yeah, yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead i was gonna i grew up in the 80s yeah so what what a time to be alive but incredible ran Duran. i was just gonna say i'm a white boy who can't dance and when hungry like a wolf comes on man I think there's moves that I've never seen myself do when that comes on. Moves I don't want to ever see you do again. I don't want anybody to ever see it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, all right. So James and I, just real quick, James and I went to see Chris Cornell. All right. So let's do a little backstory on that. So all I right. went up and hung out with James uh, one weekend. Yep. A few years ago. Sounds... 2016, 17, something like that. Yeah. I mean, we hang out all the time, but he's talking about this specific time. He came up to visit and we were just chilling around like a fire. Yeah. Hanging the music, fire, drinking. That was before IPA. So we're, I don't know what we were drinking. Probably whiskey or something. Yeah. Yeah. So we were hanging out. We're listening to music like we always do. And then James goes, you got to hear this acoustic uh, Chris Cornell album. They came out. Remember that? I think it had just come out. And I had never heard it. I I say just. I don't know. I think it was relatively new, like within a few months maybe, maybe even newer than that. But it was his album Higher Truth, which I think – was that 2015 I think that came out? I could be wrong. I'm trying to pull that from memory, but I'm not sure about that. But it had just come out. And so, you know, know, his – He's. We're going to talk in a few that, minutes about. So that his came career. out, but you also showed me his acoustic live CD. Oh Remember right, that? yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. which had some Soundgarden stuff and just some of his other. Stuff. Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, yep. we were uh, just hanging out. We we're like, we should see him. We. Oh my gosh, we should yeah. see him. He's touring. He's you know, touring because his music was so good. And Chris is like, we should see. Uh, we should see him. And I'm like, yeah, we should see him. And, you know, so we look him up and go ahead. Yeah. So we look him up. And as we said on our last podcast, uh, James lives in upstate New York. I live in Western Maryland and halfway uh, roughly is the middle of Pennsylvania in Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, yep. that kind of area. And uh, guess who's playing in Wilkes-Barre, Chris Cornell. Yeah, man. Halfway, halfway for each of us. So we each drive like three hours. Right. And meet up at, it was, it was Wilkes-Barre and he was on tour with, for this album, the higher truth, but you know, he plays other stuff too. And we're sitting around this fire, just listening to his, his, his voice and his songs and saying, we got to do it. So just real quick, higher truth, 2015. 15. Right. Okay. I was right. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I think we, I think we paid for tickets that night. I think we did. Yeah. I think we yeah. did. Like, we got to go. And so guess what? It was on my birthday. Unbelievable. Well, that's amazing. Unbelievable in October. So anyway, that's uh, amazing. So we go, we had decent seats. I want to say, Oh yeah. Within, I was going to say within 10 or 15 rows, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Super close. Uh, it was just him, acoustic, and then he had the cello player come out. He yeah. played all – I mean, everything that I would want him to play, he played minus one or two maybe. Yeah, and it was like a really intimate setting. It was like an old 
what was that? Like an old theater, maybe? It was like a, I want to say a 5,000 seat theater, 3,000. Like an old theater, yeah. And it was like kind of, you know, refinished a little bit or, you know, modernized, but like still had the old theater look. And this was not an arena with like no. you know, 15,000. So imagine like a, a an old theater from the, you know, 50s, 60s or something like that. And we're sitting 12 rows back and he's pretty much playing everything alone with his guitar and yep. singing. And like you said, there's a cello player, but that's about it. Yeah, and he didn't come out for long. I mean, the cello player came out for a few songs. A few songs, right? right? Yeah, it wasn't the whole thing. No, no. Uh, I mean, it, it was amazing. I, I, like, I, I have chills just thinking. About I it. know. All I could think of was we just kept looking at each. I mean, we were sitting right next to each other, but you know, you're like your eyes are locked on Chris Cornell and your ears are locked on him. But we kept like turning and looking at each other, and I don't even know if we said anything. I think we just shook our heads. Like, yeah, that's yeah. What, what are you going to say? What are you going to say to that kind of range, man? I know. And he's playing the guitar and singing on stage by himself. I know. And killing it and just hitting every note. There wasn't any of uh, any kind of decline at all. Nope. And I read somewhere that he's like someone, and again, I don't, you know, I am completely musically uneducated, but I read somewhere that it said something about he had like, would this make sense? Like four octave um, range yeah. or something? Vocal range? Yeah. It's something nutty. Yeah. I think him and like Mariah Car- Carey and yeah. a couple others have like that kind of a <sighs> crazy range. And- Insane. And, and, and to listen to him sing, you don't feel like he does. Yes. You know, until you try to do his songs karaoke. Oh, I bet. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I made a huge mistake. Yeah. Well, that and or until you hear like, you know, the differences of some of his music. So you, you might have one song where he's hitting, you know, the lower octaves and then another song where he's hitting the higher or like in a song he might hit both, you know. But right. when you're, you're like, wait, that was the same guy. And he just like th- – his lower octaves, like I'm thinking of like, well, anyways, let's talk a little bit more about him before we get into some of that. But, okay, you know, so, you know, he was born in Seattle um, yep. and, uh, you know, he like, let's think, let, let's talk about some of the bands that he was in. So, oh my gosh, uh, Temple of the Dog, Temple of the Dog. You know what I didn't know, though, was that wasn't the first one. I thought it was. But that wasn't the first one. He actually formed that um, while oh, with, he uh, was in Soundgarden. While right. he was in Soundgarden. Yeah, the the guys from Pearl Jam and him. Yes. Uh, and it was a tribute together. band. Did you know about all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a tribute to uh, Mother what, Love Bone. Yeah, right? the Mother Love Bone singer. What was yeah. his name? I forget uh, what his name was. Um, uh, yeah, but he had died of an overdose and... They're all, you know, Andrew Wood, Andrew Wood, Andrew Wood. And so they got together, did that album. Yeah. What a great, I mean, a one-off. Oh my God. It was just one-off. That was a 91 and he had started Soundgarden in like, uh, what year was Soundgarden? Let's see. 84. 84 was the first year of Soundgarden. That's crazy. Dang. Um, and did you know, okay, so 84, he starts Soundgarden and then in 91, he does Temple the Dog. But did you know that? When he started with Soundgarden, he was the drummer and the lead vocalist. Okay, I did not know he was a drummer. I didn't either. And I'm I mean, a drummer, and I feel like I should know that, so I'm so embarrassed. 
obviously we've seen him play guitar and you know, he can play all of his songs on guitar, Amazing. which is pretty yeah. incredible. Right. Right. And yeah. obviously, I mean, his biggest, you know, his biggest trait or, you know, <laughs> his, his best characteristic is his voice, but he was, yeah. he can play anything on guitar and he was their drummer when they started. When I read that, I could not believe it. Oh, we were talking about the octave thing just real quick. Yeah. Think about those at home. Put on the song, say to hello to heaven. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I tell me he doesn't have range. Yeah. Come on, man. I know. Right. But, okay, so he does the Temple of the Dog. And by the way, so speaking of the Temple of the Dog, all right. Yeah. You yep. know, okay, so, you know, Eddie Vedder was in that too, right? Yeah. They had the, the famous song from them had them both singing man. right yeah so, so oh man i can't remember the name of the song now off the top of my head but well there's you know, say hello uh, to heaven and uh the, the temple of the dog song with uh, uh man why can't i think of it we'll but, keep talking i'll figure out what it is yeah, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> the uh so they they were singing together and to me, now I think Eddie Vedder is a good singer and all that. Like yep. he, he's got oh, his yeah. own little niche Super and stuff. Good, uh, yeah. amazing. He, he's got his own thing. Yep. But when you're talking about them two together, <sighs> I, I just felt like there was no comparison. There, that Chris blows, Cornell blows people blew, away, blew him away, blew yeah. everybody away. It's and called I, hunger it was, strike. Is that what hunger it is? strike? Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. So you know uh, when he kicks in and does his thing, man. That I is know. just unbelievable. I know. Unbelievable. Yeah. I can't believe it was that, that early on in, in all of that career. 91. You yeah. Know? Well, so like I said, they, you know, Soundgarden started in 84 and obviously that, that was his biggest commercial success was his, his leading being frontman of, of Soundgarden. Wait, so 84. So real quick, 84, yeah. he was 20. Cause he was born in born 64. 64. 20. What? Yeah. Yeah. And there, right. you know, I went okay. back and listened. Okay. So I went back and listened to some, there's like three albums that came in before uh super unknown, I believe. And, um, those three albums, even before super unknown, I mean, none of them were amazing. Well, there was bad motor finger, I think before that. Right. Uh, but like the, even the first two, which didn't get, you know, like widespread attention. I was listening to some of the music off that. And I was like, Sounds like classic Soundgarden, man. Like Chris Cornell and like his writing, his lyrics, his 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 voice, everything. I was like, this is pretty good stuff. So, dude, they were amazing. And to go back and like once once they hit hit it big time, to go back and listen to some of that other stuff, you're right. It's almost like lost tracks, man. I think like time, you know, <laughs> time kind of fast forwarded, and you know those those first two albums got kind of like fast forwarded over. <laughs> yeah you know and if you go back they're like i'm not, again i'm not saying they're like amazing and they might they might have not they might not have given them like commercial success but i think if you go back and listen their their quality and and you can definitely hear the sound garden sound there okay um, i got a question for you ready yeah, yeah this is something we always do our top three chris cornell songs it could no. be it could be solo it could be with whatever man <laughs> We didn't even think about this. But no, this, this we did not prepare of, for this. This is the um, kind of stuff we always think about. 
<laughs> off the cuff. All right, off, off the, the cuff. cuff. All right, go ahead. I mean, I want to throw in there. I mean, dude, seriously, you know, this is so unconventional, but one of the songs that like when I heard him do this song, <laughs> I was like, this ain't real, was when he did Nothing Compares to You. Oh, my gosh. You know what? Okay, that's funny that you said that because the first time – I heard that he was doing that. I was like, oh, man. I know. Don't do that. Wait, who's the original? Like, Prince wrote it. Prince wrote it. It was Prince's song? Okay. I wasn't sure because so many people have done that. Yeah. Prince's Nothing Compares to You. Prince wrote that song. I know. (laughs) I mean, that's a whole other thing. Like, Prince, what? Cornell's rendition of that, man. Uh, That's pretty good he was in the studio with a guitar and just him just singing that like, okay i don't know if that's top three but man it's gotta be talked about okay let's talk about his arrangement of uh the michael oh. jackson cover oh you know what i'm talking about yeah. billy jean Bill, his billy jean is his incredible billy jean. he rearranged that song Okay, and then sang the hell out of it. I know. Okay, <laughs> hold on a second. So this brings up another one, another incredible song. Again, we're not listing our three yet, but like we're just kind of discussing different songs. But like one of his covers um, was a John Lennon song. Imagine, dude. Right? Was yes. it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that brings up real quick. They if came out know- with that posthumously uh, released uh, cover album that just came out like three years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Cornell, one of his, one of the biggest influences in Cornell's career were the Beatles. Ah, uh, he mentions right. that quite a bit. But so he does that. Imagine. I don't know, man. That might be my favorite <laughs> version of Imagine. I, do I dare say that on here? You can. Oh. You can say that. You'd be wrong. No No way. (laughs) He slays it. Anything Chris Cornell did was unbelievable. Okay. So, yeah, go ahead. So, 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 those those are covers. So, do they count as if they're better than the original? They got to count. But, anyways, let's talk about original stuff. All right. right. Whatever. That's fair. That's fair. That's original. Okay. I'm going to throw one out. Throw one out. All right. It doesn't have. It can be an album cut. It could be whatever. But I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. Fell on Black Days is one of my top three. I, Chris you Cornell know, so hunted. I'm song. totally with you, man. And here's the funny thing about that, right? Like, so super unknown that album. It, most of the credit goes to like Black Hole Sun, which is a great song. It's an amazing song. But, but I've always loved. I'm with you, man. I've always yeah. liked "Fell on Black Days." Wait, it's it's my favorite song off that album, actually. Yeah, that's incredible. Mm. That's top three. I'm with you. We agree on that, definitely. Wow. I mean, yeah. some of the lyrics in that in that song is. I know. Mm, hands are met for shake and not tied. I know. Come on, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, his, his songwriting was was pretty incredible too, and and even in in the grunge era, like most grunge artists will say that that yeah they, they'll because you know in a little, a little preparation for this podcast, I, I did a little bit of research for for Cornell and stuff, and everybody yeah. was saying that you know he you know he may not have had the most success from the era, but his songwriting ability. Yeah, so many like artists that you definitely 
admire and respect said that he was one of the best songwriters of the era. And, you know, okay, coming from a musical background, right? I feel like, I don't know Chris Cornell, obviously I'd never met him, but he, uh, you know, to write music and write it convincingly and then sing it passionately, you have to have really bad struggle in your life or such highs in your life that you, uh, it's an emotional kind of a thing. So he did struggle with a lot of alcohol and drugs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like a lot of other people, uh, he just happened to have talent and music to express those things through music in different, different avenues or different ways that you can do that in music. And man, did he ever get that across, man? Yeah, definitely. And without even knowing that he struggled with, with drugs or alcohol, you could feel the passion of whatever he was singing. Always. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I've, you know, I've been a huge Soundgarden fan. I think they might be my favorite grunge band, you know, Mm. and I'm a little bit younger than Alan, a little bit younger. And so he grew up mostly more in the eighties. I grew up more in the grunge period. And, you know, everybody talks about Pearl Jam and I love Pearl Jam. They're incredible. Right. Such a talented band, tons of great music. Mm. I was partial to Soundgarden and I think it was Cornell's songwriting maybe some of the darkness in his yeah in, in, in his artistry and you know uh his, just his voice you know just just grabs you um so i was a huge Soundgarden fan um yeah fell on black days man incredible all right how um, i'll give you another one yep. if you're ready i'm ready like a stone I was just going to say, so he leaves Soundgarden. I know these are are radio hits, but it doesn't matter. I'm telling you. So I was just going to say, Like of Stone was definitely one of my favorites because the whole song is just incredible and really shows his vocal brilliancy, you know? Oh, my God. And so think about that. That came after Soundgarden. Yes. and, And the desperation. And that song is uh, he is able to get that across with his vocal range. It's yes, unbelievable. I know some of those hits that came out of audio slave. So again, for those yep. of you that don't know, he went from Soundgarden, kind of they, they disbanded and then, you know, started uh, audio slave, which was basically him as the, the, the lead vocalist with a bunch of rage against the machine guys. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Which was different for them because I mean, they almost had like a rap core type, yeah. you know, genre. And then they went to basically. It was Tom Morello, right? Tom yeah. Morello was yeah. playing with them. Yep. You could tell in like a stone with his guitar work on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that sort of whatever yeah. effects that he had there. It was incredible. Yeah. And, mm. uh, I mean, so he had five solo albums. He hit Temple of the Dog for that one one off album. Right. Yeah. Soundgarden, where he had, I think, five or six albums. Uh, um, Audio Slave, I think he had three albums. Um, you know, he uh, just 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 a, an incredible career. You know, if what did he, they say? They they sold like I don't know, fifteen million. Fifteen in the U.S., thirty worldwide. Million albums. I mean, that that's un believable well now they talk about like millions of streams and stuff i don't even really know what a lot of that stuff means but yeah everything's changed there but millions of streams and i think he's getting more popular because you know that that's kind of another thing that we'll talk about on here at some point is 
all this music that was from like, you know, Alan and my, you know, childhood is, is really what people are listening to today because today's music just sucks. I, so we just real quick, I don't want to get into this cause this could be a whole nother topic, but part of the thing with music is that it comes in waves, right? Yeah. So yeah. you had the, the British invasion in the sixties, you had the psychedelic and the prog rock in the seventies and then disco and then electronic and punk and then grunge. And then what you got? Nothing, nothing. There's nothing. There's there nothing a, for 20 years. There was a few good rock bands, like just a, a few. few peppered in there, but not like an actual era. You but, know, what, what's the next movement in music? I don't we're, know. We're waiting for it. I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> That's not going on. There's nothing happening. I know. Nobody wants to do it because they are not motivated because everything's handed to them. <laughs> well, and you know, like, so, you know, my, again, this is a whole other podcast, so I'm not going to say right, a lot yeah, about yeah. it, but like, you know, a lot of today's stuff, I'm not saying that people aren't talented. I think they do have some talent, but so much of it is, you know, I don't even know the correct terms. Cause like I said, I'm musically illiterate, but you know, some of it, so much of it is like, you know, computerized and you know, well, it's, it's overproduced. overproduced. It's overproduced and packaged. It's not raw. Listen to any Led Zeppelin or album in the, in the seventies. It's a raw kind of a, yeah, for sure. Recorded, uh, uh, thing. And, and, and now it's just, absolutely overproduced. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, um, again, so like, uh, you know, <laughs> I actually, I'm trying to remember what the song was, but I was listening to, um, some of the modern stuff and I wanted to see if some of these artists could really sing, you know, like, <laughs> are they, are they singing or is this just computer? And, you know, so, I'm not going to name names today, but we can get into this later. But some of the stuff I listened to was like, okay, so these guys actually can sing when they're, when you listen to like an acoustic version of some of their songs or they're, they're covering somebody else's songs and it's acoustic, they can sing, they can, but definitely they have a lot of stuff. Um, that's, uh, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's overproduced. Like you said, I guess that's the, 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 there's a lot of computer help and, and, and so forth and computer supported, but, um, yeah. So I think that's why people are listening to, to music from our, from our, uh, eras, man. What, and why not? When you listen, when you hear any of the music from today and you hear Soundgarden and Chris Cornell and Eddie yeah. Vedder and, and whatever, Alice in Chains. It's and way better. I know. It's more passionate. It, there's more. It's more real. Even '80s music and something oh, that I, something that you're really big on is prog rock from you know uh, '60s, '70s, '80s. You know, it's musicians' you. music. You know, musicians' yeah. music. And and to get into all of that stuff, it's yep. it's real. You know, because yeah. the musicians playing it are involved in the music. It's not a produced product based on can it sell copies, yep. right? That's a big difference. So, For sure. Yeah. I think, um, honestly, 
I didn't hear your top three of Chris Cornell yet. So, yeah, because it's going to be too hard, man. Cause I'm like his biggest fan. So how do I narrow it down to three? And number two, I, I don't want to, you know, Alan, you put out some, some good choices. And if they're in my choices, then it looks like I didn't really put much thought into it, but you know, I get it. I, th- I those were easy picks though. I feel like, I feel like fell on black days and like a stone gotta uh, be in the top three, man. And then I start thinking about some of his other works and I'm like, Hmm. I really like outshined. Oh, spoon man. I, I really like outshined spoon man's great course um and there's so many rusty cage um you know yeah. uh i mean there's i mean we could just we could just rip off a ton of them i some of his solo stuff is incredible from that that higher truth album is it's really really good i can put yeah. that on and listen front to back on that if you haven't heard it out there you gotta just go on itunes put it on and listen to it front to back yeah have a beer and just sit and, and, oh. and enjoy it because it's really good yeah it's, it's incredible really, really good incredible yeah and that kind of we were listening to that like we said way back around the fire and we're like mm. yes and so looking back because yep. you know the reality is chris you know chris cornell he uh he died in 2017 and um i'm so thankful we saw him you know how many bands are there that you know we didn't we didn't get to see that that someone died and it'll never be the same you know there's a bunch of those i'm Mm -hmm. glad that he wasn't one of them now i didn't get to see him in soundgarden i would have loved to have done that that but, was going to be his next tour, I think. And I then, know. I think they were. I think they were rebanding, weren't they? Yeah, I think they were talking about it right before he died, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that we talked about going to see him too. But oh yeah, you know, hey, when they get together and go on tour, when they announce it, we're yeah. gonna go. So I, you know, listen, if there's a if there's an artist out there that you love that's yes. touring. Yeah, scrape together a couple dollars and go see. Yep. Him. It doesn't matter if it's nosebleed. It doesn't nope. matter if you have two separate tickets. Walk around right. your friend through your stadium, yep, and and just and just enjoy it because yeah. these artists, you never, you never know. know, you just don't know. And man, there's such good stuff out there, and all the stuff from our time, man. So many of them are touring again, and I know you know you know you know a lot of them aren't putting out new music. Some of them are, but a lot of them aren't putting out new music. But they're they're touring, and if you get the opportunity, if it's anywhere within a reasonable distance for you to get to, you, you just do it. We can talk about it real quick, but yeah, uh, James and I we're going to see yep Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, man, we're going to see. Candlebox. Yep. All within like four days, <laughs> maybe five. I mean, and for me personally, I've never seen Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, me either. And and I said I gotta go see them because yeah. uh, you never know. Somebody's gonna right. die from right. heroin overdose, and then it's not gonna be the same. And they get a new drummer, bass player, or something. You can't see a band without the original members. It's you oh. might as well just go see a cover band. I went to see Foreigner exactly. a few years ago. Yeah. Me and my other buddies went to see Foreigner. Yeah, you want to go see Foreigner? Yeah, sure. Okay. And yep. you know, 
Lou Graham's not saying it, but whatever. I didn't know too much about what was going on. I get there. We saw the the band. They were good. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say anything about that. Not one original member. So I paid 80 bucks yeah, to I know. a cover band. It's crazy. I can't do that. Like, so, so if Soundgarden's my number one from the grunge era, man, like, yep. Allison Chains isn't far behind. It's in the top four. Okay. I don't know if I Pearl know. Jam's next and then it's, then it's Allison Chains or maybe somebody else in there. I'd have to think about it really hard, but Allison Chains is up there and they're still touring, but like no Lane Staley. I mean, oh, Jerry Cantrell's there, but he was kind of always like the harmonizer, like kind of, kind of the one a vocalist, not the one, but the one yeah, a, right. and I, you know, I can't, I can't Lane Staley. Like, that is what makes Alice in Chains. Like every song you listen to, it's not, oh, oh, I can hear Jerry Con- Cantrell in there. It sounds amazing. No, yeah. no, it's Lane Staley. And yeah, I can't do it, you know? So again, <laughs> go see. Him. And so talking about Red Hot Chili Peppers really quick, you know, yep. they're, they're probably not, I don't know, maybe this isn't fair to say. I was going to say maybe they're not in my top 10, but top 10 just, bands. Yeah, okay. probably top twenty. Probably top right. twenty. But okay. it was like we have a chance to see them. Right? They've they've spanned how many decades of good music? I mean, thirty, maybe thirty maybe, years, maybe forty. Yeah, maybe. late eighties, right? Late eighties. Obviously, huge in the nineties, but you know, then they're in the nineties, and then two thousands, two thousand tens. We're in twenty twenty two now. And they're still putting out new music. And they're cranking it out. I man. know. And they're touring so like crazy. crazy. So just, I mean, you, they have to be on your bucket list of 20 bands. I mean, they have to be. I will say that one of my favorite bands of all time is Genesis. I have a very good, uh, big affinity for Phil Collins. Obviously he's a hero of mine. I went to see their last tour and Phil Collins is decrepit and, wasn't able to do the things that he normally does as a front man. It was great to see him off. Right. But my takeaway from that was you got to see the bands in their prime. And I was lucky enough to be able to see Phil Collins in his prime, but at the same time, you don't want to see red hot chili peppers. If, uh, you know, flea is on a stool. Or on, you know, comes out in a wheelchair with his bass, you know, in his hands, and right, <laughs> right. He's not right. acting like all crazy like he usually is. Get out and see the bands, man. Yeah. Get out and see them, man. That is yeah, the, for sure. That's the bottom line. Yeah. So that's yeah. a lot about music today, but wow. man, we are both passionate about it's it. So easy to to, to talk Just, about music for. A we got to wrap this up soon, but. We, yeah, had, yeah, yeah. we had a bunch of other stuff we wanted to talk about today. We're actually going to have to yep. cut some of it short. But um, one of the things that Alan and I like talk about a lot, and it's kind of funny as men is we, you know, this is when we're sitting around a fire just talking or whatever. And we're like, man, what if, you know, what if World War Three happened? Yeah. Everything was destroyed. Like yeah, literally gone. everything was gone. Somehow him and I survive. Right. Or, or him, him and I yep. and you whoever you are. And, <laughs> you know, we've got nothing. Everything's just charcoal, you know, right. burned to just nothing. There's nothing left. And we've got to make things. 
it's you not, know, it's not, it's not the walking dead. You can't just go into a Walmart and get stuff. <laughs> right. gone. Yeah, and we don't have YouTube to watch a video of how to fix something. Cause let's face it. I do that all the time and that's how yeah. I fix things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we joke about like, dude, how would you make a pencil from nothing? <laughs> yeah. I got to write something down. Uh, <laughs> So we've got to whittle a piece of wood into the shape of a pencil. How are you whittling it? What do you have to whittle with? How are you putting a piece of lead inside the piece of wood? Where'd you get the lead? <laughs> <laughs> How are you right. getting lead? Where's where's paper? Like that, <laughs> shave down a tree with your bare hand and get a piece of paper and make a piece of paper. <laughs> So we, we joke about how like even just the most simplest things that we have and we use, right. we would be clueless as to how to, <laughs> you know, make them. Clueless. And it, it, it's an exercise in a couple of things. One, it, it's good for us to see that we depend on other people's brilliance for a lot of things. And, right. yeah. you know, um, it, it helps us not take those things for granted, I think. You know, I'm appreciative of people that have all the years of knowledge and trial and error that got us to where we are. Yep. But it's also sobering to think of like if we were thrown in that position, man, I don't know. <laughs> Humanity might be in trouble. Yeah. I mean, what was some of the other things we were talking about? Like, hey, you know, uh, how do you make a mirror? <laughs> Just rub a bunch of sand together and you got right, brats like and for a thousand years. And yeah. then maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe you get a mirror out of it. I mean, we've taken this conversation so many places. We'll probably bring this back every once in a while. And maybe, you know, you listeners can kind of come up with ideas and things. And hey, if some of you guys have like knowledge and how to make these things, that'd be awesome to have you on here and we can talk about some of it. But how about like, you know, make music. So put music on a, on a record, <laughs> like an make, LP. Yeah. Make a bar of soap. <laughs> What is that? Without 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 dying from the lie. <laughs> and where did you get that lie, by the way? Right. You gotta find the stuff and then make it from that. Yeah. I mean that and with no prior knowledge, right? So like how did you know the right formulas without killing yourself or blowing up your campground? Yeah, many men have died trying oh, to make a bar of soap over there. We this. are so lucky at where we are in, you know, society and in culture and in like the timeline of things that we haven't had to come up with a lot of that stuff on our own. Right. We're talking <laughs> we started a podcast to talk yeah. about things. That's all we've done. That's that's pretty much what we do is we just talk about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good stuff, man. Anyway, so what we got coming up, man, do you know? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the same kind of stuff, you know, I think we can talk about, I think we should talk about some baseball next. I mean, yeah, the, the postseason's coming up. We yeah. got lots to talk about with baseball yeah. sports. So uh, many moving parts in the baseball oh like, you know, gosh, arena right now between everything's super tight. Yeah. Stats and records that could be broken. Pool hosts just crushed two homers the other night and he's oh on like yeah. he might hit 700 that's crazy you know, i hope he does you know and uh so there's that plus just the um you know you've got the um your typical 
uh, pennant races and in, in the different divisions and so forth. And those things are all over the place right now. So oh my gosh. We'll talk about we, that next time. Right. Obviously we'll talk some more music, talk about a beer, another man, uh, another manly, uh, concept uh and 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 things that we can be doing better as men and just you know kind of topics where we can be vulnerable with each other if you think about any topics and i know james put this out there last time but our email is this is what we have been talking at gmail.com it's a long email but this is what we've been talking about yeah but drop the about yeah, drop the by email and then you know send us a line. Tell us your thoughts, yeah. your comments, your your struggles, and uh, you know maybe we can incorporate it into some of our topics and we can help you out. I mean, because that's what sure. it's all about. Yeah, great. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Otherwise, all right. Yeah, all right, James. Next time, brother. All right, Alan. Good to talk to you, man. All right, later. See you.